You're listening to the Bitcoin.com News Podcast. Today's guest is Daniel Sochekov of Bastion. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you, Abby. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, would you start, please, by uh, introducing yourself to our audience? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm Daniel Sochekov. I'm, uh, uh, I have a history of uh, various endeavors, but mostly I'm a math, uh, math geek. I worked a lot in quantitative finance. Also in machine learning, uh, but uh, quite a number of different fields. Uh, but I'm very, very interested in um, decentralization technologies and censorship resistance and and uh, and cryptocurrency as it relates to those topics. Great, all topics that are uh, you know very near to our heart. Um, yeah. Would you start by uh, telling us exactly what it is, uh, Bastion? Yeah, so Bastion and and it's it's a, it's spelled with a Y B A S. T-Y-O-N, is a decentralized social platform. And, you know, these terms are used quite a bit now by by people, but uh, I I would like to spend a little bit of time on defining them quickly so that we know what is actually decentralized and what is a platform versus like a social network. So Bastion is a decentralized social platform uh, modeled on the concept of Bitcoin and not, not in the sense that you know, it has a blockchain. There are many things now that say, you know, oh, we have a blockchain somewhere, right? As long as there's blockchain somewhere, right? This is blockchain. Uh, we actually took very uh, detailed look at Bitcoin years ago, and we realized that it holds the, the concept itself uh, invented by Satoshi goes far beyond just even money. And money is ambitious enough, but it goes far beyond. So Bastion really is a decentralized platform that is meant to solve weaknesses of other social networks, right? So we know there are, you know, so what social networks are. There's Facebook, there's YouTube, uh, all these, all these uh, social networks, TikTok. We believe there is a fundamental problem with the way these social networks and platforms uh, operate. It's a problem not for them, but it's a problem for us, the users of the platforms. So the platforms always start out by being very, very nice. Okay, if you remember the early days of Twitter and, and YouTube and Facebook, it was awesome. You get all this value, you pay nothing for it, it's free, you get all these followers and you reach all these followers. So the platform does a lot of great things for you. But once the platform gets big enough, it starts to take them away. Uh, but uh, the, it's, it's not a problem enough that it takes them away monetarily, right? It starts clawing the money back. Okay, it's, they need to make money, but it also starts actually controlling what you can see, controlling the discourse and trying to actually exercise power over your, your, your thoughts, really, right? So we thought Bastion is a social platform that was meant to solve this problem. And everywhere we look, we realize that Bitcoin, deep, deep at its core, has uh, the beginnings of a solution to these problems. And I, I will describe what the core principles of Bastion are. And they're actually... At some point, you can see that they're core principles of Bitcoin as well, and they solve many of the problems, most important problems of social networking, okay? So there are three, really three or four problems that we can see. Uh, first problem with social networks, uh, again, it's a problem not for them, but it's a problem for users, is that they're corporate. Uh, so corporate social platform will inevitably give you value when they raise a lot of money you can see even in the financial statements of Facebook and so on, for many years, they will lose money and they will just gather the market. They will own the market. Then they turn around and they take the money back. 
then all of a sudden, you know, as a business owner, you're not reaching all your followers because these are not your followers. When you're on a corporate platform, these followers belong to the platform. When you're on uh, YouTube, these are not your subscribers. These are YouTube subscribers that YouTube rents to you as long as you play by their rules. And, and that's okay, but the rules can change. As many people find out, the rules can change very swiftly and uh, arbitrarily. Okay, so the corporate part, uh, how does Bitcoin solve that? Bitcoin is not corporate. We know that. There is no Bitcoin uh, head office. There is no uh, uh, Bitcoin uh, to to uh, uh, go after. There's no uh, Bitcoin kind of legal entity. So that's one of the things that Bastion emulated when we started. We said, let's make it non-corporate. Let's make it an open source. So non-corporate is a difficult decision because with corporate with corporation, you can protect your intellectual property. You can protect your mood, so to speak, right? When you go non-corporate, all of a sudden, you're uh, there's a question of like, okay, you have to be open source pretty much, right? So Bastion and, and just like Bitcoin is open source. The second issue with um, uh, social networks and uh, that Bitcoin solves is servers, okay? If you think of social networks, they, they require a massive amount of computational power. These are you know lots and lots of servers. So what happens when social networks get big and they get quasi-monopolistic well, then if you try to come in and offer an alternative, they can actually, it's very hard to obtain the, the necessary server power. There's actually not too many people in the world. Uh, there are a few people in the world that control most of the server power. So, you know, in the States, uh, I don't know if you follow this story, there was a social network called Parler. And this Parler was growing very fast. It was the number one app on any app store, I believe. Um, and certainly in the, in, the, in the Play Store. And all of a sudden, uh, when uh, they just, they deemed it to be a threat, on overnight, their servers were shut down. So they were using, I think, Amazon, and the servers were shut down and gone. So uh, that is because of centralized servers. Again, Bitcoin doesn't have that problem. That's actually one of the core properties on Bitcoin, is that it run, anybody can spin up a node. Anybody can run a computer on which Bitcoin runs. Uh, in Bitcoin, there's mining. In Bastion, there's a pocket coin is the cryptocurrency, but there's a proof of stake cryptocurrency. I'll talk about it. But the point is it has decentralized servers. So this is the, the first social network that we know of that runs fully on users' machines. So all of our servers are actually users' machines. So they're in the States, they're in Canada, they're in uh, Vietnam, they're in Russia, they're in France. They're all over the place, really. So this makes it really robust. And... Um, uh, you know, you see how it's hard to get a grip on this platform because it's not centralized in one place server-wise, okay? The third problem with social networks, the problem for us as users is that they're, in, they're intimately connected to the financial system. So the legacy financial system, the legacy banking system owns these social networks. So therefore, quite frequently, they're, they're, they're trying to do financial type censorship. So if you try to create a competitor to those networks, you, you may have a hard time. You know, PayPal may not work with you. Banks may not work with you. There's all kinds of questions of interrelationship with the legacy financial system. Again, Bitcoin has the answer, right? Bitcoin is the anti-legacy financial tool. It is actually something that gives you an intrinsic uh, sort of value because it's a transparent emission of tokens that has, um, you know, certain supply, finite supply. And Bastion has that. So Bastion has something called Pocket Coin. Um, Bastion is a kind of a newer name. 
in the beta stage, this project was called PocketNet and there was PocketCoin. Uh, it was renamed to, to Bastion, but PocketCoin stayed. So PocketCoin is a cryptocurrency of Bastion that is a lot like Bitcoin. In fact, the code of Bastion sits on top of the Bitcoin core code. You know, maybe Bitcoin core developers are not happy with it, but you know, that's the nature of the non-corporate open source platform. Anybody can use it. And we use it in a very different way. Our goal is not to compete with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is one, the only one. Uh, and that's, it's the king. But we are doing something different. We're using that code to create a social platform. And so this pocket coin, what it gives to for Bastion, what it, what it permits to do is to create an internal financial ecosystem. Because remember, when you have a social platform, essentially, it's like a publisher. There are people, for example, authors, they need to eat. They need to pay their bills. So the bloggers need to make some money. They make money on, let's say, YouTube with advertising. But again, YouTube controls that. And this advertising is also controlled by the legacy financial system. In Bastion, advertising is done completely through PocketCoin, through smart contracts on PocketCoin. Also, uh, node operators, right? So node operators are people who run the computers. They need to earn something. And uh, in the in the non-corporate open source platform, you it wouldn't work, right? There's something called the tragedy of the commons that frequently kills decentralized platforms. And Bitcoin is actually the first solution that I know of to the tragedy of the commons problem. So the tragedy of the commons is solved by having pocket coin that's emitted or transacted transaction fees that go to the node operators and bloggers. And there are many different ways of using pocket coin within Bastion. But PocketCoin solves the third problem that I talked about is the reliance on the legacy financial system, right? So I talked about three problems so far, being corporate entity, having centralized servers, and, and, and relying on a legacy financial system. So those three problems are solved respectively by being non-corporate open source in the model of Bitcoin, by having decentralized servers in the model of Bitcoin. Any, any user can spin up a server, which is like a node, right? Except uh, a pocket coin is a proof of stake currency. So you can actually put, put some uh, pocket coin into it and you're going to earn pocket coin. That's, that's how proof of, stake, proof of stake works. Okay. And there's a fourth, fourth issue, but I'm going to pause here because the fourth one is a little bit nuanced. I'm going to get to that later in our talk. I'm going to pause to see if you have any you know, follow-up questions, if this, if this makes sense. Oh, very much so. Uh, it's very interesting. I mean, we've seen like from the, from the news media uh, business, we've seen, yeah, basically Facebook gutting the whole like global industry right now. Um, you know, they, they basically onboarded every, um, you know, every news, every blog, everyone was on Facebook. And now, um, you know, they don't let you reach your subscribers, right? It's not your subscribers, it's exactly. Facebook subscribers. And if you don't pay, you know, you have no reach. So yeah, they, they basically destroyed you know, the whole um, global news industry like that. And, um, you know, what, what that brings up is uh, how would you get, uh, you know, you talked about the network effects and how you can, uh, you know, overcome the, the huge uh, entry barriers into social media. But how do you get the network effects? How do you get, um, you know, the end user, the subscribers, uh, you know, to leave uh, their... Um, you know, to establish the establish the current giants like uh, Twitter and Facebook and move on to a new network? Yeah, great question. I mean, uh, Bastion, for, we started developing in, in 2018. 
And it's a very complicated project. I mean, you could build, roughly, you could build Facebook in six to eight months now uh, with a team of developers. But something like Bastion took us really three and a half years. It's a very complex project. Uh, but once we came out of beta, uh, the growth is there. So we came out of beta like spring this year. And uh, at that point, there was maybe 70,000 registered users. And since then, we've gotten to about 300,000. So it's getting to 300,000 users. So we added almost a quarter million users in just you know uh, uh, 10 months, maybe nine months. Now for Facebook, these are not large numbers, but you can you can probably see that you know a quarter million people is is uh, is traction, and, and you're going to see more and more. What we're seeing is these people are inviting their friends, uh, and why do they do that? Well, there's two reasons. So first of all, the users themselves are pretty fed up. There there are a number of users that are very fed up with traditional social networks. Now, most of them still are not ready to leave, but there is enough. Uh, there, there are enough people that are ready to jump ship that are trying things. The second reason is bloggers. I mean, frequently, uh, you know that uh, traditional social networks have been banning bloggers and they're not banning some fringe, you know, uh, completely crazy bloggers. These, these are people who have had hundreds of thousands of subscribers on those platforms for years. So let's say YouTube felt that it was okay for that blogger to be on YouTube and help YouTube grow for many, many years. And then all of a sudden they, boom, they just cut them off or they shadow ban them. So the blog bloggers have strong motivation to find a platform that um, allows them to own their users. So in Bastion, right, the users are yours on the blockchain. They're, they're subscribed to you with their private keys. So there's no passwords or anything. This is the kind of like exactly like Bitcoin, except that your, your private key is really your login and everything. So when the user follows you on the blockchain, that's it. You know, this is your user. And in fact, they're, they're, it's possible to build, build different um, front-end applications. So let's say if a blogger, a group of bloggers was not happy with the way the front-end currently works. And the front-end, you can see at bastion.com. That's B-A-S-T-Y-O-N.com. They could build another one. And so there, right now, there are actually two other apps that are being built on top of the blockchain. So this is going to be like a, a community. So the bloggers see that, okay, I'm here, in, I'm playing on rented land, right? Facebook, YouTube, you know, Twitter, th this is rented land and the rules change. The rules are not static. You know, long ago, you know, that Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter said that Twitter is the free speech wing of the free speech party. <laughs> this is what they said. So this was his way of expressing that Twitter is extremely pro-free speech. Well, we know how, how sort of that turned out and even... I think Jack was forced out. So um, people are looking for something more stable, right? And what is Bitcoin's main offer in the world today? I, my opinion, right? Bitcoin offers some transparency and stability. The world is like going crazy. All the rules are changing every day, but Bitcoin is stable and transparent. You can see the code and you know what the rules are. The same thing with Bastion, right? You can see it's open source code. You know what the rules are. So the, this attracts the bloggers and attracts certain number of users. And we're developing very rapidly. We actually had many developers join this year. Right, right now, this is a team of 26 people. And some of them are fairly you know, senior uh, developers. And uh, we're building a lot of new features. And you know, the, a lot of users are joining the platform right now. I think at some point, you know, according to our projections, when we hit a million, it's going to become like a landslide, right? There's, the growth will become exponential. At this point, we're getting maybe between 1,000 to 2,000 
uh, uh, people a day, but some days it will be 5,000 or 10,000 if some big blogger sort of jumps ship or, or mentions it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a, uh, you know, a, an amazing opportunity. Um, but especially right now, like you, you mentioned, um, you know, the, 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 the topic of free speech and, uh, you know, moderation and, and, and censorship, that's what's, you know, a lot of people, especially in the crypto community are, are concerned, you know, with, with all the networks, you know, whether it be at, uh, um, um, you know, YouTube or, uh, Twitter, or Facebook or, or, uh, Reddit, right? So how does, um, how does Bastion handle a topic like censorship? Yeah, so this is a great question because many people assume that the, the answer to censorship is no censorship, but that is absolutely not the answer because no censorship will bring, you know, disgusting, vile content online. We all know there are enough, you know, insane people in the world uh, uh, that will um, post all kinds of stuff. So uh, in Bastion, the, the moderation happens through users. So users of the platform moderate are, are moderating the platform. And in fact, we're writing a new algorithm right now, which is very much like a DAO. It's like a decentralized autonomous organization where uh, moderators could be very experienced, trusted, high reputation users. Moderators could also be appointed by bloggers because bloggers, you know, if you have 30, 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, you're vested, you can appoint some moderators. And then also long-term coin holders can appoint some moderators. So these moderators are then able to moderate a platform through this kind of a jury jury uh, mechanism. So blockchain, if there are enough complaints about some uh, some blogger posting, you know, and there are very few things that are prohibited per se, right? We're not you're not banning content you disagree with, right? There are three things that are banned on Bastion essentially. That's any kind of pornography, that is uh, threats of direct threat of violence uh, to a person or a group of people. And promotion of illegal narcotics, right? These are these are very clear cut things. You're not going to ban people for vague, you know, vague hate speech. What does that mean? You know that that doesn't mean anything. You can define it in any way. So those three things. What happens is if there is an offending, and this is the new algorithm actually that that we're building. It's similar to the old one, but more advanced. Where there's a somebody posts something where high reputation users flag um, as as being one of those three things. Then a jury is called, right? A blockchain, uh, blockchain can be a source of randomness. I mean, it's not. We can discuss a lot. I'm a, a probability theory kind of source, so we can have a long discussion about what randomness really means. But essentially, blockchain can be a source of randomness uh, to some degree, and this randomness can be used to throw a dice, essentially, uh, and create a jury. So we can pick among these moderators that are nominated or or experienced users, and those moderators have to vote and they have to agree unanimously. So this kind of method, uh, first of all, it removes uh, disgusting content. And if you go to bastion.com, B-A-S-T-Y-O-N.com, you will see that it's very clean platform. It's cleaner than Facebook and, and Twitter because users do moderate it. So if, you know, if the content is removed, that's good. But what we don't want to have is mob rule. One of the biggest problems of any kind of decentralized moderation is mob rule. But what I described is the... Uh, randomized jury selection. So you as a user cannot choose who to moderate. You are chosen to moderate. And then all of you randomly chosen uh, have to agree 
that that this is a prohibited content. So it's a very high bar, but for because our policy is very simple, there's no vague you know hate speech that changes from day to day. It's the exact things that are removed. Uh, it makes it easy for the moderators to quickly clean the platform. So our platform is very clean, uh, but uh, you cannot ban for disagreement, and therefore it has many different opinions. And that's that's kind of the kind of the ethos of Bastion, right? You moderate the content that's clearly we agreed according to our code of, code of honor uh, uh, that that is not allowed, but you leave the other one alone. You never ban people for disagreement, and if you try to do that, you will incur some some sanctions. So how will that work? Can uh, people like object to the to the jury's rule, or how how would you? Um... You know, police someone that's using their power as a, you know, someone with lots of followers or, uh, you know, has a, a long track record from abusing their authority over, uh, you know, some opinion that they don't like. Well, so uh, as a moderator, remember, you're not choosing who to moderate. So what could happen is, let's say you chosen, it's like a jury, right? The jury system actually has been created by, by humans long ago, and, and it works pretty well, you're randomly chosen to be a juror. Uh, so let's say we choose, you know, 50 people to, to be selected for the jury, but there's a quorum. Only 10 of them have to actually vote, but they have to vote unanimously. So uh, the only thing as a juror that you could do to mess with the platform, and you always have to think about attacks, right? Uh, uh, a juror could essentially actually try to Juror could not try to ban somebody because they're not, they don't know who they're going to be chosen to, mo to, to moderate. So what the juror can do is actually go the other way and try to hurt the platform by, you know, saying, let's say that this is pornography, which no is not allowed on Bastion, but the juror keeps saying, no, no, it's not, it's not pornography. But if this juror repeatedly, repeatedly acts alone against the other jurors, then this juror will have their moderation rights taken away. So, but, but they cannot go the other way around. You cannot have, okay, let's gather 20 jurors and try to convict this person. Well, there are many, many people on, that are moderators, right? And they're high, highly experienced users that have put in uh, a year or two of work into the platform. These are blo blogger appointed moderators that are, you know, basically have no reason to hurt the platform because they're going to be hurting their own, uh, their own blogger. And also Bitcoin holders, PocketCoin holders that are long-term holders, they also have no reason to hurt the platform. So from that set of moderators, you can probably have a few people that are that are, they have ill intentions, but if they get together, nothing will happen because they're not going to be chosen together even. You would have to pretty much infiltrate like the whole moderator community. You would have to own like a, a third of it or a half of it. It's almost like a 51% attack in Bitcoin, if you know what I mean. Uh, you would have to spend a lot of money and uh, do some crazy things to try to infiltrate this moderation. Well, what will happen is long before you infiltrate the moderator community, people will see that. It is very obvious. Blockchain is transparent. You will see what's going on. It's very easy to run analysis to see that oh, somebody's gathering, you know, uh, trying to put coins for a long time and lock them to try to appoint moderators, trying to abuse it in other ways. And what will happen is just like with, you know, Bitcoin, again, users will have the power and say, you know what, why don't we just fork and, and have another project uh, that, that actually, you know, does not have this attacker. And so the attacker will be left with the 
with a worthless network, right? They've spent all this time and money to try to attack something that and they have, they're left with nothing. So uh, it is a very robust system to prevent mob rule, also to prevent a kind of infiltration and a centralized attack by trying to gather uh, gather the power, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's obvious you you know you have a, a, a deep love of mathematics because that sounds very uh, game theoryed out, you know. Exactly, um, exactly. This is there's a lot of game theoretic uh, concepts here. This has been fascinating. You know, I love this. I worked on some very advanced things in my life, and I've done some scientific research. Uh, but uh, this is the most fascinating to me. This is why I love Bitcoin. It's not because it, it costs, you know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, it is because it's the most elegant solution to many problems. Now, it's not a panacea, right? It still depends on humans. Humans, they have to be enough human beings that that, that want to act honorably. Uh, but there ha- But Bitcoin gives us mechanisms to make it easier <laughs> to penalize the, 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 the bad actors and to actually reward the good actors. Very interesting. So uh, what about the, the user side in terms of the algorithms that are being used? Um, you know, for example, people are complaining on you know, the traditional social media that you either have uh, an echo chamber that you only get the opinions that you want to see, or on the other hand, you only see things that you know, are built to aggravate you in order to, you know, to, to get you to upset in order to engage with content. So how does, um, you know, the feed, how does the feed work on, on Bastion? That's a great question. So uh, there are essentially two core kinds of feeds. One is your subscription. So as a, as a, as a subscriber to a blogger, you will always see their posts in a chronological way. So this is key to us. You will never have somebody that comes in and say, you know what, uh, Mr. Or, or Ms. Blogger, you're not going to reach your subscribers today because we need more money from you uh, or something like that. So my subscriptions are always chronological and complete. There's also something called old posts. This is the main feed. The main feed uh, has essentially everything. So it will have things that you like. It will have things that, that will aggravate you. Uh, uh, and that's to some degree, that's good. Uh, there is, it's not purely chronological though, because you remember in Bastion, uh, we have to use clever social mechanisms to protect the network because in Bastion, the big thing is that it doesn't take any personal information. You're not just like Bitcoin. You're not using your mobile number. You're not using anything, your name. It's up to you what you reveal about, about yourself. So this is exactly like Bitcoin. Therefore, we need to make sure that the feed is protected from people trying to create, you know, lots of accounts and, and post stuff. So it is it is merit-based feed, but the merit-based is very transparent. There's an algorithm published in the white paper on GitHub that weighs, uh, weighs bloggers that with high reputation, someone higher. And the main thing is the actual post. One Once the video or text gathers enough votes, it will be uh, propelled up, upward, right? So... The old post feed, you go in there, the way people do it and the way we describe it, it's like phishing, right? You go in there uh, and you sort of scroll and you'll see things that you completely disagree with, you don't like, but many, th- you know, there, you will see things that you like. At that point, you subscribe or you follow rather. If you see something that you are just abhor, you don't want to see, you just block. And then once you block that, basically, you're never going to see that person again. You're not going to see their posts 
and they won't be able to comment your post, which is key, right? So they won't be able to uh, create a mess under your under your post. So again, the my subscriptions feed is purely chronological. That's the first thing. All of the bloggers there uh, that you follow are in the order that they post. The all posts feed is uh, not chronological. It's merit-based. These are all posts, but merit-based. And you can go through it. You can also filter by categories. So there are preset categories or there are custom tags. And you can see what's trending and so on. Uh, And you can basically go through that feed periodically to find new stuff. I mean, I personally will tell you that uh, I don't use social social media much. But I've learned so many different things on Bastion just by scrolling through that feed. Uh, I literally like found out things that I did not know, a number of them on important topics for me. And this is the case for, with many people, especially as, you know, YouTube becomes bland. I mean, you know that you go on YouTube now, and this is my opinion. I mean, <laughs> you're getting typically like content from, you know, a few major sources, right? There's your Fox News, your CNN, whomever, right? So all of a sudden, or maybe some big time uh, approved, quote unquote, bloggers, there, there's no there's no new stuff. They're not helping you discover new stuff. That's because they feel that, well, this algorithm to discover new bloggers is uh, somehow dangerous. Well, we're not of that opinion, right? We think that discovery is healthy and human beings should be mature. So we have those kinds of uh, two feeds. And Bastion also, I didn't mention this, but it's a, it's a mixed network in that you have both short form blogs, like kind of like Twitter. You also have longer articles, which is almost like Substack or something. Uh, or medium, and then you have video. So the video is probably the mo- the fastest growing part of the network, uh, probably because again YouTube was a little bit quick, you know, it's quick in banning people. Uh, so we're thankful to them. Well, uh, but uh, the video is the fast growing. But there's also other types of content, and that's what people like is that you're not just uh, sort of just doing the same thing. You know, yes, I know that younger people they like, for example, TikTok. It's very simple similar videos offered to you by artificial intelligence type algorithm in a row to try to sort of hack your uh, your psyche and your you know endorphin um, um, hormone hits. system. Yeah. We're different, right? We're giving you a lot of different choice. You have to be mature. You have to learn. You have to learn this, to disregard what you don't like, uh, but uh, you'll find a lot of things that you do like. Yeah, that's that. Sounds like a, a you know a good approach. The, what used to be uh, the common approach, yeah, before everything yeah, exactly. became very uh, exactly corporate, especially in, on YouTube, like you mentioned it. Um, yeah, but you know, but hosting, uh, you know, videos and stuff like that, that that probably takes, you know, uh, a significant uh, you know amount of uh, bandwidth. Um, so, if you can explain to us how the the users or the investors, right? The the node node operators. How do they uh, take part in that? Yeah. So there are three essentially three different types of nodes. Uh, one type is your standard crypto proof of stake node. Uh, it, it processes all of the transactions. It verifies them. And transactions could be uh, pocket coin transactions, or it could be posts. It could be ratings, comments. Uh, that's your typical kind of crypto node. Uh, then there's the video node and there's a chat node. We also have, uh, we're adding a new feature, which is experimental right now, but it's purely peer-to-peer encrypted chat, which we think is really, really helpful uh, because you need to have a private chat. We think privacy is a, is a human right, essentially. 
but uh, video node, you correctly pointed out that you could not have a decentralized platform really compete with something like YouTube because the amount of bandwidth and storage is just immense. So the way uh, Bastion's video nodes work is that uh, they're supported by peers. In other words, there's something the the video uh, server does have hold the video, but when it's play, it's being played. It's actually being played through peers. You know, there's some WebRTC. We used an open source, another open source project that we really like called PeerTube, but we changed it in significant ways. Uh, and that project has both a video server, but also people who are watching the video right now are supporting each other. So if you think about, you know, a YouTube or or a, a Facebook video server, those are very powerful machines. These are not your typical no, you know, uh, crypto node computer. This is a specialized computer uh, that does things. Uh, in the decentralized network, it's hard to come by. These are very expensive. So instead, what we're doing is users are spinning up their own video nodes. They're making pocket coin uh, that, remember, we talked about independence from the legacy financial system. So they are making the pocket coin. But when the video is played, that server bears only a fraction of the load. So if let's say that you know two or three people are watching the video, it may be playing from the server. Once there are 30 people watching the video, they're actually sharing among each other you through WebRTC. If there's you know thousands of people watching, and we have some videos who have reached hundreds of thousands of views, maybe for YouTube, that's not a lot, but for a platform like this, it has been a good stress test. We had video who uh, which had like 180,000 views in one day recently, which is pretty big. And it held very well because once you have a lot of users, all of a sudden they, they send packets to each other and it's using WebRTC peer-to-peer type technology. And we believe that this is the future, right? Because the, the big barrier to entry into a video platform is the servers, right? You need to have these massive, powerful servers. But once you have other people in the network supporting each other, then then you don't need to have such you know massive servers. Then you can get away with just good machines. So if I if I try to um, understand it, like from a layman perspective, so it's basically you're hosting like um, you know the same way that a torrent file, right? Um, you you would host a video on your computer and um, for that, you're getting that's your staking, basically, right? Or you're mining into the system if somebody basically, wants to. Basically, yeah, it's not quite staking, but but yeah, basically, you get rewarded for you know if your video, the video feed that you provide is stable and it's reasonable internet speed, then you're going to be getting pocket coin constantly. But also, there are users, so there's a server that is like a node, video node that that makes pocket coin, but there are users that are watching the video. They're just sharing amongst each other. They're just peers who are sharing. They're not making pocket coin for it. This is just they're supporting each other through peer to peer, so that the server load is actually minimized. Got it. And uh, for people that um, you know that earn pocket coin, or um, you know people that want to invest into it, uh, how how can the how can they uh, get pocket coin? Where where is it traded? Yeah, actually, it's been listed on a couple of exchanges. This was another positive, you know, positive surprise for us. There are a couple of exchanges that listed. One is called DG Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, DG Phoenix. Uh, it's an exchange. I don't even know where it's located. I think it's in Asia somewhere. The other one is called Bitforex. They're both 
sort of uh, what is called tier tier two, I think, very good tier two exchanges. So tier one exchanges at this point, I don't think even accept decentralized projects. Uh, you have to be like a corporation with lots of lawyers and then so on. Uh, Bitcoin was the, the one that, you know, the, the elephant that snuck in and that's good. So, uh, but uh, these tier two exchanges have it. There are a couple of other exchanges that have it. Uh, also on the bit on the bastion.com itself, there's a category called pocket coin peer-to-peer. So this category pocket coin peer-to-peer allows people trade among each other. Uh, and so we don't control that, but that's also pretty active. But the best way is to go, if you're a crypto, if you know crypto, right, go to DigiPhoenix or Bitforex and you can you can buy it there. Uh, the best way to earn is through the crypto node. I think video nodes are still a little bit tricky. Uh, we're working on making them much simpler. But the crypto node is is very easy. In fact, we just released something called the easy node. That's a pocket coin node that's very easy to use, requires very little technical knowledge. You can go to this page, bastion.com slash easy node. So it's B-A-S-T-Y-O-N dot com slash easy node, one word, uh, easy node. So you go there, there's a description of this easy node. You can download a desktop application. So we have an app for, for a computer. Uh, right now, the, the node, the easy node only works for Windows. So you can get the easy nodes. And if you have a Windows computer, you download it. And you basically just click a few buttons. You're able to use the social network with very high degree of privacy. And at the same time, you have a node that is staking. So you put some pocket coin into it. And, and you earn it. On, a, on that easy node page, you can actually see a staking calculator to see like if you put in X pocket coin, what you will, what, you know, what will you earn? Uh, and uh, that's it. You can go to DigiPhoenix, BitForex. There's also a company, I believe out of UK, that's selling pocket coin for credit cards, but I don't think it's available for the US citizens or, or so. I don't even, I don't know exactly, but it's called Indacoin, I-N-D-A-C-O-I-N. I think that the preferable way, uh, because when you buy it for credit card, you have to do KYC, you have to do you know, passwords and so on. Preferable way is to go to DigiPhoenix or BitForex, get it there, or go to bastion.com, go to that page, bastion.com slash easy node. When you download the desktop app, which is the node, the easy node, there's also a social network within there. Uh, you can choose a category. On the left, there are categories like uh, arts, you know, technology, and so on, you can choose the category called pocket coin peer-to-peer. And then you will find people, you can just get it peer-to-peer in many different countries uh, if you don't know how to use crypto exchanges, for example. Sounds great. Or for anyone that, you know, doesn't want to go through any uh, KYC. Yeah, I think so, that on those exchanges, mm-hmm. you can get uh, reasonable amounts without without it. That's great. Yeah, and, and they're both uh, fairly uh, known, both BitForex and uh, um, DigiNex. They're both very uh, well known, you know, um, by their own right. So yeah, I wanted to know exchanges. I mean, we're very happy that they picked up the the coin, and I think it's doing well for them. There's a lot of interest. Yeah, that's great. So I, I wanted to know what was the the trigger that made you create the platform. What was was there any um, you know any event or anything that you saw? That you thought, um, you know, that that we need to have such a, a decentralized platform. I don't think there was one particular trigger, but what happened was over the years I had two parallel trains of thought, so they're like completely disconnected. One of them 
I was worried about, you know, I was worried about uh, arbitrary censorship. I mean, I, I know what it is. I grew up in Soviet Union. Uh, I've seen some of it uh, there. Uh, n- you know, not a not a a pretty thing. And I started seeing a lot of it in the Western world, right? Because you know, I, I moved to the states when I was a kid. I started seeing it a lot of it. And in fact, I think it's at this point in the Western world, it's almost worse in many ways uh, because it's much sneakier. Uh, and I saw these signs, and I was thinking about deeply about you know what will what are the core problems that 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 make it happen because from very early on i realized it's not about personalities right people love to hate on uh mark zuckerberg and 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 whomever right but it's not about personal personalities there's something about these platforms that's intrinsic that makes them go that way and i started thinking about it there was an article and you know what i am so sorry i can't remember the author but it was an article in medium that was extremely thoughtful about platforms life cycle. And maybe I'll send it to you later and you can uh, refer to it in in, in a link where he talked about how the platforms early on give all this value and then they take all this value away. It's a very simple concept, but it was explained so eloquently. I was like, well, this this is the problem then, right? This is the problem we need to solve. How to make a platform that doesn't need to take it back. How to make a platform that can continue to give it away, right? To give it to users, uh, uh, essentially, when user, there's no centralized entity that needs to profit, that needs to, you know, basically control everything. No, they can't control everything. And so that was one train of thought. The other train of thought was was crypto, right? I had friends who were in crypto very early on. I was not, honestly. I, I, uh, I worked in finance. To me, the problem is I hate speculation. Like, I'm not a speculative kind of person. Um, I don't like it, even though, you know, I worked a lot on finance. Uh, and uh, therefore, crypto was like always had this whiff of speculation. I didn't quite get it. But at some point, I was like, I need to read more about it. And I started reading reading about Bitcoin. And I was just floored. I was floored by the beauty of it, right? It's extremely beautiful. Uh, I don't know if uh, there's a famous German mathematician. I don't remember which one exactly, because there, there, there are many great German mathematicians. But one of them, you know, was asked, what happened to this promising student of yours that did did maths? And he said, you know what? He quit math and became a poet because he didn't have enough imagination. No, it's obvious that you're... One of the most beautiful uh, things I saw. It was so elegant. Yeah, Yeah, it was so elegant. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. This, This beautiful, elegant thing. And I love math holds the answer to the other problem that I've been ruminating about. And at that point, I just sprung into action. I, I emailed some people that I know that are good coders because I'm not I'm not a great programmer. I do a lot of coding, but mostly for math and research, right? So I was able to recruit like-minded, awesome programmers in C++ and, and JavaScript. By the way, if you're, if you're a crypto programmer, you're looking for an up-and-coming project, right? The next Bitcoin you should join us. You should email support at bastion.com. Again, it's Bastion with a Y and, and, and join the team. So those trains of thought came to me uh, together, right? They, they joined. And since then, you know, I didn't look back really. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, you know, that, that's a great, um, you know, when, when looking to, inv- to, you know, to, to, to select a, 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 a platform you, you would want someone that's you know passionate about the the technology and not just um you know looking how to you know uh, 
just create network effects in order to to trap people. Even though, yeah, I know I get what you're saying that that's not how Zuckerberg may have uh, started, but that's definitely the case where they are now. Yeah, I think that there's no trapping in Bastion because it's open source, right? We actually we have a plan to make it easy to fork Bastion. We have no problem with people forking it, creating alternative social media, or actually working off of the core blockchain. There's actually two different apps I told you being built now uh, on on top of it, and uh, there are 26 people, you know, 26 people working on the project outside of me, which I'm more like an inventor and and uh, now I guess the the spokesperson type of, type of person. Yeah, so I, I think we learned a lot about Bastion today. So the last question uh, I wanted to ask you is, uh, when do you think the you know the established social media giants are going to lose their uh, dominant market position? When when we're, we're going to see, you know, enough people say you know enough's enough and and switching to the alternatives? Um. That's a great question. Uh, my my forecast is that in 2022, the censorship will get worse. And I think what's going to happen is as they lose people and they're losing people in big time, obviously not just Sebastian, right? There's the Telegram that's very popular. But uh, what they're going to do is they're going to try to completely ban these things, right? So they're going to try to ban websites. They could try to block the DNS and, and, and maybe ban Telegram. So that's going to be desperation. I, I so I think that there's a, there's there's not going to be a time where just everybody leaves these major platforms. It's just not going to happen. But that doesn't need to happen. What what we need is for you know 30 percent of people that are active and thoughtful to leave and energetic and good content creators because you know people who are remaining on decentralized platforms, the bloggers they're they're mostly dull. <laughs> they're not all of them, I mean, but but they're not they're not just they're not just uh, they're not just free thinkers. They're just not even they're not even creative or funny. Many of them, at least to me. So when when uh, uh, a fraction or not more than a fraction, right? When you get ten percent, when you get twenty five percent, thirty percent of people actively go to other platforms, you will see that they lose their value because they, in order to rule, they need to pretty much like own ninety percent of the market share. If they don't, then their power is greatly diminished. And then we'll see they're, if they're not successful, which I think they will not be successful in, in the censorship. Uh, at some point, they're going to need to rethink <laughs> what they're doing. But I think before that, things will get much, much worse. So that's the bad. That's the bad of it. But the good of it is that I think after they get much worse, they're going to lose. And, and it's going to come back to some other equilibrium. What that will look like, I don't know. But my, my opinion is that by the end of 2022, they're going to lose much of their power. And this, we're already seeing that started. Well, that's a very uh, optimistic <laughs> way to, 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 to end our call, I would say. Um, no, but I agree. Yeah, I, I can see, um, you know, in a lot of countries around the world, it, it's, you know, censorship is, uh, you know, getting very strong. And, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to see you know, people banning websites and, you know, and other private communications. But yeah, I think that's something we, we should all, you know, in, in all communities, but especially crypto communities, you know, should be should be on our radar, you know. Yeah, but so, Bitcoin is the answer to that, right? Because Bitcoin uh, is not a website. <laughs> Bitcoin.com can be banned and Bitcoin would work. Actually, the same with Bastion. Bastion.com could be easily blocked. 
but we have the desktop app that I talked about, right? That has the easy node, uh, the staking node. That app itself, you can use a social network through it and it, it doesn't connect to Bastion.com. It speaks directly, directly to the nodes around the world. So let's say you're in a country where Bastion.com is blocked. No problem. You just talk to the node in, in another country and you're going to be able to continue uh, continue what you're doing. It's just like Bitcoin, right? It's hard to block Bitcoin. It's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. There are methods like deep packet inspection and so on. That's maybe a separate conversation. But, we're, you know, Bastion.com can, can get around most of them, just like Bitcoin. That's why I think Bitcoin is such a unique invention. It's like, you know, you see something uh, that is genius when it solves many problems simultaneously. That, that, that I think is a hallmark of a genius. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time and, uh, you know, explaining uh, Bastion uh, to us. And, um, you know, we, we'll include all the, all the links in the description of the podcast so everybody can, uh, can follow and, um, you know, and, and apply if they're a good uh, developer. Um, yeah, developer, if you want to run a staking node, you know, support the decentralization plus earn coin. Uh, right now, obviously, it's a new network. So, you know, there's, I think it's a good amount of coin. But, uh, yeah, just join, join, join the network and let's, uh, you know, let, let's make this happen. Let's, uh, let's, let's make the world more decentralized. I think that's healthy. And thank you for great questions, Avi. I think that uh, this is one of the best, best interviews in terms of the follow-up questions you had. Thank you very much, Daniel.